Good morning, everyone. And good morning to our friends who are watching online as well. I have a couple of quick announcements for you. Our first announcement is that Gift to Gadsden is back. That's exciting news. So start inviting all your friends. That's going to be uh, July 24th through the 27th. All kinds of different classes uh, and options for things for you to sign up for. Also, if you'll notice out in the hallway, there is a red bucket for the missions team. They're collecting socks and underwear for the clothes closet. That's something they're in need of. So the next time you're at Walmart, grab some socks and underwear, drop them off in the red bin for the clothes closet. You'll also notice out here uh, in the hallway, there is a men's table. So all men are invited to grab a gift. It doesn't matter if you're a father or not. We would like you to have a gift uh, this Father's Day. Um, also, the Acolytes are having a party on June 25th from 12 to 2. We have the best Acolytes at this church, don't we? Don't we love them? They're awesome. They're awesome. And they're going to have a party and celebration coming up soon. Um, the youth just got done with their service week. You may have seen teenagers uh, from this church running all over Gadsden doing service work. So they did a great job this week. And the last announcement is... We have annual conference coming up uh, Wednesday through Saturday of this week for the North Alabama Conference. And uh, we have our own Julian Knox is going to annual conference, and Eileen Graham is going to annual conference, and me and Pastor Sam. So if you have any questions after conference, you can ask those folks uh, what happened there. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Now, as we remember how good the Lord has been to us, we ask ourselves, what can we give? And we give to God our tithes and offerings. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we give these tithes and offerings unto you, we pray that you would use them to build up your kingdom. And we pray your blessings on the gift and the giver. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
It's time to share our joys and concerns. I want to say that you all have been a joy to me and to my family for, for five years. So you're my joy today. Uh, and um, my concern is, um, how am I going to get all of those boxes packed and moved uh, in the next couple of weeks? <laughs> Uh, and I, when I um, retire from ministry, I'm going uh, from the frying pan into the fire. I'll be teaching eighth grade special ed in uh, Bessemer City Schools. So, um, so that's uh, a joy and a concern. So pray for me. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's going to be fun. We, uh, we do have prayer concerns on our hearts. I want to invite you to, to share those. Uh, share them by, by writing them on a card. Download the church app. You can see the prayer concerns on there. You can see the joys. And uh, join in the prayer group that meets on Wednesdays. And let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Our gracious God, thank you for a beautiful day. Thank you for Father's Day, for being our Heavenly Father for those who have touched our lives in a special way, not just our biological fathers, but for special coaches and uh, leaders and scout leaders and big brothers and big sisters and mentors and youth leaders and Sunday school teachers and all the ones who have given their time and their energy to pour into the lives of us, making us stronger, making us who we are and helping to shepherd us along the way. We ask that as you look into our hearts, you would see the broken places today and bring your healing upon them. We ask for those who are struggling so much today that they would feel a special touch from you. For those who are facing big challenges, that you would give them the strength to carry on. And for those who um, just need a special touch today, a special something, to keep on going, we ask, Lord, that you would send someone their way that can be the answer to that prayer. Lord, as we think about the future, sometimes it's fearful, but we know that your Holy Spirit gives us not only the strength, but the courage that we need to make the right choices and to make the tough choices. So God, that's my prayer for all of us going forward from this day. And teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, Miss Catherine is going to take any children that need to go to Children's Church with her. She's down to your right and to my left. And the rest of us are going to stand as we're able and sing number 454.
nothing's gonna happen like the world has never known. When the people of the Lord get down to pray, a door's gonna swing open and the walls come a tumbling down. When the people of the Lord get down to pray, oh, listen to your children pray. and Benny and JT. When I say I'm going to miss you, I really, I really mean that. You guys are awesome. Um, okay, here we are. 35 years of, of ministry, and this is the grand finale. I feel like I need to do something dramatic. Should I do something dramatic? And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. Not gonna go. Um, the grand finale. Next week, Pastor Ken, the world famous Pastor Ken Casey, will be preaching for me, and then Pastor Sherry's coming. I know you're gonna love Pastor Sherry, and she's gonna love you. Many of you've already had a chance to meet her, and she's already had a chance to meet you. Um, but instead of grand finale, uh, I chose to entitled this last sermon grand openings because the close of one chapter is always the opening of another chapter and I hope that you will see in just a few minutes some grand openings from this gospel Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 through chapter 10 verse 8 then Jesus went out uh, went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, 
James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere, near, uh, nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as I look at the gospel for today, I want to think about seven grand openings with you. And the first one is this. As we sang in the hymn just now, open our eyes and see what Jesus did. Verse 35, it said that Jesus traveled through the cities and through the villages of that area and he taught in their synagogues and told them and announced to them the good news of the kingdom. And wherever he went, he healed people of every sort of disease and illness. Opening our eyes and seeing what Jesus did means to see the need around us. And sometimes we're blind to it, honestly. Sometimes we get numb to it. Sometimes we get jaded and sometimes we are bombarded by need that is so great that it just overwhelms us. But this is what Jesus said over and over again to his disciples. You've seen what I did, now you go and do it. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. What you've seen me do, now you go and do for each other. As I have loved you, so love one another. I've given this as an example for you. As I've washed your feet, you wash each other's feet. Go and do likewise. He was always telling them, look, I've shown you how to do this, and I'm not just doing it myself. I'm sending you. So open your eyes and see what you can do. Being a Christian means to be Christ-like, to be a chip off the old block, spiritually speaking, and to do what Jesus did. Now here's the catch. In order for us to be able to do that, in order for us to be able to open our eyes and see what Jesus saw, then we have to know what Jesus did and what he saw and what he said. And that means we have to get into the scriptures. Many a thing is done in the name of religion today that looks nothing like what Jesus said or did or stood for. So how are we to know the difference? Are we to just depend on what some preacher says? Are we just to listen to whoever happens to be on the TV or the radio? No, we've got to read for ourselves, y'all. Is too important for us to let that go. So you say, ah, oh, Pastor Sam, I just don't have an hour that I can spend studying my Bible. Well, do you have 15 minutes? Do you have five minutes? You know, could you, could you put a Bible uh, on the seat of your car and when you're stuck in traffic, uh, take a minute to read that? Could you, could you make some time? You could if you wanted to, couldn't you? And then the other thing I want to encourage you to do as, as I'm leaving here is to take time to study with other people. It's so much more fruitful when you are part of a, a group of other people that are, that are seeking the same thing you're seeking. Our journey groups here at this church are amazing. They're great. Bible studies, I've had the most fun with my Bible studies. It's fun, isn't it? Some of y'all here are in my Bible studies. It's fun. It really is. And it has prepared me well for teaching eighth graders because <laughs> Pastor Andy said, well, you can be sure that somebody's going to go to sleep in your class and somebody's phone's going to ring. I said, that's all right. It happens in my 11 o'clock Bible study every week. But study with a group. Go to Sunday school. Go to Wednesday nights. This, Wednesday nights this fall are going to be awesome. I just know they are. Go to Men at the Well. Join some group that's going to help sharpen you. You've got to know what Jesus said and did if you're going to try to follow what Jesus said and did and open your eyes and see what Jesus saw. And we know what Jesus' mission was by seeing what Jesus did. And you know what? The same goes for us. Here's what Jesus did. He taught, he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, and he healed folks. And that's basically it. So guess what our job is? We teach, we mentor, we proclaim the good news of the kingdom, and we bring healing wherever we go. 
people know what our mission is by seeing what we do, not by whatever little rubber bracelet we're wearing or whatever we put, slogan we put out. They see what our mission is by seeing what we do. And if the mission is to help other people and to control ourselves, and instead we try to control other people and help ourselves, then people will know, right? All right. The second grand opening is to open your heart and feel what Jesus felt. He felt great compassion for the crowds. Their problems were so great, they were helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd. This gets into Jesus' heart here. We get to see what's in his heart. He felt compassion in his heart for these people. They were overwhelmed. And he felt compassion. To feel compassion is to feel with somebody, to have great sympathy for somebody because you, you feel what they're feeling and you understand how overwhelming it is. So who do you know that, that is going through a situation right now that's overwhelmed, that feels helpless and harassed? Who do you know right now that, that has a problem that's so big it looks like it can't be overcome? We've, we've talked about sheep and shepherds in Bible studies and in my sermons and stuff like that. And, and you know, I would, we don't have many shepherds around this part of the world. But you know enough to know that sheep without shepherds are in bad trouble. They don't have fangs. They don't have claws. They don't have, you know, the exploding spray of a skunk. They don't have any defenses. They're basically helpless they're not the smartest. They, uh, they don't know how to take care of themselves. And that's why we're referred to as the sheep of God's pasture. And uh, so Jesus saw sheep without a shepherd. What if God is calling us to shepherd those who are harassed and helpless? What if we felt the compassion of someone that didn't know what to do. I've had people say to me, well, I just don't feel anything. You know, I just, I see these things and I guess I've become so accustomed to it, I don't feel anything. So what can I do? Well, what do you do if you don't feel anything? You ask God to take away your heart of stone and to give you a heart of flesh and to open your eyes to see where your calling is but be prepared because God will do that be prepared the third grand opening is the opening of a line of communication and praying I love the anthem that the choir did Lord listen to your children praying in verse 37 Jesus said the harvest is great the workers are few and this is one of the few times in the Bible that he actually tells his disciples what to pray for he says Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send people into the harvest. So if Jesus is telling them what to say, don't you think that's important? I do. He switches metaphors here. He kind of switches from sheep and shepherds to harvest and grain, but we get the point. The harvest is great, and there's just not enough workers. So Jesus said that 2,000 years ago. He said, the job is huge, the harvest is great, and there's just not enough helpers. And 2,000 years later, we're trying to do vacation Bible school, and we say, the harvest is great, but we don't have enough helpers. And the youth are doing service week, and they're saying, the harvest is great, we just don't have enough helpers. And Ladle of Love is saying, you know, we've got, we've, we've got all these people coming to, to, to be fed, and and." We're, we're missing a few people on some of our teams. You get the point? The harvest is still great. There's still not enough helpers. So pray that God will send helpers, but pray with an open mind. That's the fourth grand opening, by the way. Open your mind because you might be the answer to your prayer. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do after Pastor Andy's gone. Who are we going to get to work with these youth? Well, careful because the Holy Spirit might tap you on the shoulder, right? Who's going to help Catherine with these kids? Well, the Holy Spirit might help you uh, make yourself an answer to your prayer. Uh, it happens all the time. When you start praying, Lord, send us helpers, 
then God sends you. Open your mind to be the answer to your own prayer. Open your hands, the fifth grand opening, and receive the authority that God gives you. Jesus called his 12 disciples and he gave them authority to do all the things that he was doing, to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. What a scary thing to do to have someone say, I want you to go out and I want you to heal every disease and I want you to cast out demons and I want you to tell the good news of the kingdom. That's big. Pastor Andy preached about Matthew's calling last week and he did such a great job. Um, and he talked about how brave you have to be to step out of your comfort zone and to try something new. And um, it's, it's a scary thing. But Jesus wouldn't have called his disciples to do this without giving them what they needed to do it, not only the power of the Holy Spirit, but he had given them an example. He said, I want you to go shepherd the sheep that are helpless and hopeless, but I've shown you how to do it. I want you to bring healing. I've shown you how to do it. And now I'm giving you authority. As we get close to annual conference, I, I start to think and, and reminisce uh, about uh, the years over the ministry and one of the m most special moments in my ministry. I've got a picture. I carry this in my Bible. And uh, come, you, can, you can see this close. I've showed this to Julia before. But this is when uh, Bishop Lloyd Knox, uh, and you say, who is that guy that looks just like Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I., <laughs> standing next to Lloyd Knox? That's me. Um, and this was taken right after uh, Bishop Knox laid his hands on my head and said, take authority to preach the word. And Jesus is looking at us and saying, open your hands now and receive the authority that Jesus gave you. And you say, I don't, I don't know if I'm qualified. Did you, did you look at the names that were listed in the apostles? Did you see that mixed bag of ragtag people that Jesus pulled together for this job? I mean, going down through there, looking at the names, you see... Uh, Matthew, the tax collector, uh, sitting next to Simon, the zealot, who was a freedom fighter to try to kick Rome out. You see, you see Peter, who was just as likely to shoot his mouth off. And yeah, if, if Jesus sent them out, he's also sending us out. So, so what do we do? Does that mean we have to get together a mission trip and go to a foreign country well, there are lots of opportunities to do that, but you know that you don't have to leave your city or your state to be able to find a harvest, don't you? Have you looked around? Have you looked around? I want you to take a minute. I actually want you to turn your head and look around the people sitting around you, okay? You see them? Aren't they beautiful and handsome? Now look around at the people who are not here. Do you see them missing? Is the harvest still great? Pastor Rick Warren, uh, I just have to shout out to Pastor Rick Warren. Uh, he's had an interesting week, hasn't he? I always did like that man and I still like him even more now. He's, he's trying to do what he believes is right, uh, even at the cost of um, to some other things. Anyway. In his book, Purpose Driven Church, he talks about how to do outreach. It seems overwhelming. You see so much that needs to be done. You don't know what you can do and what you can't do. But this is what he says in Purpose Driven Church. He says, discover what types of people live in your area and decide which of those groups your church is best equipped to reach. Jesus sent the disciples to the lost sheep of Israel. It wasn't that he didn't care about the Samaritans or the Gentile cities, but he knew his disciples, because of their language, because of their customs, were best equipped to reach the lost sheep of Israel, to build a relationship with them. 
And you know what evangelism is. This is my favorite definition of evangelism is to help people to move people with whom you have built a relationship to move one step closer to the kingdom of God. So open your hands and receive authority to do that. You have the authority. Your baptism is your ordination. Number six is open your arms and embrace your fellow disciples. I said before that ragtag, ragamuffin group that Jesus pulled together, it, it's, I, I think sometimes if they can work together, surely we can, right? One of the things that people say the most about uh, their churches, they, they call it a family. And that's wonderful and challenging, right? Maybe your family's not like mine, but it is both wonderful and challenging because you don't always see eye to eye. You have different ideas. You have different uh, priorities. But you know, the common thread that bound all of the disciples together was this. Um, even if it was a dysfunctional family, it was still a family, and they still just wanted to do what Jesus wanted them to do. And that's the thing that binds us together. They say blood is thicker than water, but the Lord's blood covers us and washes our sins away. And our family, um, we might not see eye to eye on everything, but we all want to do what Jesus wants us to do. So open your arms, embrace your family. And then the last one's my favorite. Pastor Sherry, if you're watching this uh, service, then yes, I did say this. Open a can of worms, right? Open a can of worms. I want to tell you, Gadsden First United Methodist Church, open a can of worms. Now, I say that because doing ministry is messy. Um, it leaves smudges on the wall. Uh, it, it is not simple. It does not follow a straight line. It curls all over the place. Um, open a can of worms. And, and if you're on this Father's Day, I want to say this to you. The next generation is watching you. Will they see you daring greatly and opening a can of worms for the kingdom of God? I looked up the origin of the saying, open a can of worms. And uh, it goes all the way back to the 1920s when they actually put worms in cans. Um, when I was growing up fishing, they were in little cardboard boxes and you take the top off and they were always down in the bottom. You always had to dig your hand in and it was gross and squiggly and everything. But they used to be in actual cans. You open a can of worms, knowing that what you were going to find was going to be messy and wiggly and a jumbled, writhing pile of grossness. And sometimes that's a perfect description of ministry, right, Pastor Andy? They do all kinds of gross things up there in the youth room. <laughs> Some of it involves worms and things. Well, look, what I mean when I say open a can of worms is I mean something like this. My last church, my friend Tony DeTwin came to me and he said, Sam, I think your church would be a great place to start Celebrate Recovery. And I knew what Celebrate Recovery was. It's a Christian 12-step program uh, for people with hurts and habits and hang-ups. And they have weekly meetings and uh, have large group worship meetings and, and support group meetings. And, and uh, it's, it's a great ministry. Um, and when I opened this can of worms at the church, you know what I had people saying? You mean recovering alcoholics and addicts are gonna be coming to our family life center? And I said, yeah, yeah, they are. You mean there might be people standing outside the door of our church smoking cigarettes? Yeah, yeah, we'll put a five gallon bucket of sand out there so they don't throw the butts on the ground, but yeah, yeah, it, that, that might happen. And it did, and it was messy. But messy is what God is calling us to. You know, I want to hear 
Pastor Andy, and I know you do too, when you move on, I want to hear about new cans of worms that this church has opened up. So here's what I want to tell you to do. Sherry, yes, I did say this. When Sherry gets here, I want you to go up to her and say, Pastor Sherry, I've been praying about this and I've got an idea. We're, we need to open a can of worms here. And she's going to say, what in the world did Pastor Sam tell you to do? But it really is time for some grand openings in this church. It's not a, a time to just close one chapter. It's a time to open, a time to open our hearts and our minds and our doors and our arms and to open a can of worms, right? Well, the bottom line of this is in chapter 10, verse 8, Jesus said, give as freely as you have received. Has God been good to you? Then give as freely as you have received. Let's pray. God, you have been good to us. And you have given to us freely. And you have given everything without holding anything back. So God, help us to have that attitude. Change our hearts, Lord. Change our hearts. May they be strangely warm today. May we have eyes to see the needs around us and a heart of compassion to reach out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 389, Freely, Freely. I invite you to stand and sing as we close the service. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and give you peace. Amen.